Welcome, listeners, to Superstitions, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm Alastair Murden, and this is Season of the Witch, a Parcast Halloween storytelling special. All October long, we're serving thrills and chills across four different shows. On Haunted Places, we're witnessing the ghostly scars of the Salem Witch Trials. On Urban Legends, we're testing a deadly occult spell that's found its way into the sleepovers of modern teenagers. On Tales, we've got harrowing stories of cannibal witches. And here, on Superstitions, we've got an original four-part series about a mysterious modern-day coven. By now, listeners, you've gotten pretty comfortable with witches. You've seen a witch's mark, met a familiar, even gone for a magic broomstick ride. Today, our individual witches will unite into a powerful partnership as we explore the superstitions around the witches' Sabbath. If you're an art fan, you've probably seen Francisco Goya's paintings of the same name. And that's a pretty accurate representation of what I mean by witches' Sabbath. Women dancing in the moonlight, casting spells, and ritualistic orgies. The witches' Sabbath isn't just a big party, though. The zenith of the night comes when the gathered witches profess their undying loyalty to their dark lord, Satan. For this, the devil grants them the power of magic. Today, join us on a quest of self-discovery at a new age witches' Sabbath. Be sure to stick around until midnight. You don't want to miss the demonic guest of honor. You can find episodes of Superstitions and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free exclusively on Spotify. Coming up, our heroines go on a mind-altering retreat. It feels like we're all being told to go on this diet, take that supplement. Ozempic will give you depression, but you know what'll cure that? Weed. Or you could try to balance your hormones. At Science Versus, we're like... What the f*** is going on? Forget the crap online and listen to Science Versus. Just the facts. Oh, and a bunch of stupid jokes. What is a ghost's favorite fruit? Booberries. That's Science VS. New season out on Spotify soon. Sadie was daydreaming about seeing her sister again when the bus shuddered to a stop. It had only been a few days since she discovered her witch's mark and confronted her religious father, but she still missed C. She felt confused as she disembarked at a patch of woods seemingly in the middle of nowhere. But Marina, the mysterious witch from New York, had given her an invitation to some kind of event, and this was where it's said to get off. Sadie had barely gotten her bearings when a yellow taxi squealed to a stop in front of her. A polished-looking young woman in business clothes stepped out of the cab, and a small chihuahua bounded out after her. She didn't exactly look like a witch, but neither did Sadie. Sadie decided honesty was the best policy. Are you a witch too? she asked. I'm Sadie. The woman stared at her for a long moment. Sadie's face grew hot as she began to think she made a mistake. What was she doing, introducing herself as a witch? She was sure the youth group back in Andover would shudder to see her now. But then, the woman looked at the chihuahua, and the chihuahua nodded. The woman said, Yeah, 
I am, apparently. I'm Riley, and this is my familiar Poe. To Sadie's surprise, the dog chimed in. You look a little lost. You're looking for the retreat, right? Follow me. Sadie stared in shock as the woman and dog disappeared into the trees. What am I getting myself into? She wondered, then hurried after them. Poe led them through the woods to an empty meadow. At least, it looked empty. But then, Poe trotted forward and disappeared into thin air. The woman rushed after Poe, and it was like they'd stepped into another world. Suddenly, round bohemian yurts dotted the far side of the clearing. Everywhere Sadie looked, more and more women popped into existence, having just crossed a similar veil. They were women of every size and color, some barefaced with hair in long braids, others with brightly dyed pixie cuts and dramatic makeup. They all streamed toward a building at the center of the clearing, a giant version of the small yurts, wood and glass coming together in a large geodesic dome. And in the doorway, wearing a long, flowing white robe, was Marina! Sadie yelled and rushed forward. Marina grabbed her hands, smiling. Sadie, I'm so glad you made it. And Riley, you're here too. Come, there's someone I want both of you to meet. A young Singaporean girl appeared from the yurt, holding a gurgling baby on her hip. Meet Gia and Luna. They arrived via broomstick last night, Marina said. Sadie's head was already whirling, and the retreat hadn't even started. Talking dogs? Flying broomsticks? She just found out witchcraft was real a few days ago, and she couldn't believe the powers Gia and Riley had. Marina, what is this place? She asked quietly. Why did you bring us here? I thought I would be learning about my powers. Marina smiled and turned to address all three girls. This is our witch's Sabbath, a rare and special gathering. You are some of the most powerful young witches I've encountered in a long while, which is why I chose to invite you. I said you would learn about your powers, and you will. I only ask that you be patient and trust the process. Marina turned and headed into the tent, leaving Sadie, Riley, Gia, Poe, and the baby. The older woman had barely cleared the threshold before Riley rounded on Gia. Did you really fly here? And what's with the baby? Is she yours? Gia nodded, and Luna burbled happily. Sure did. It caught the broomstick express. This is Luna. She's, well, she's mine now. She likes your cute little dog. Poe and Riley yelped at the same time that he wasn't a dog. Sorry, I mean, he's my familiar, Riley said. He helps me. Do magic? Sadie asked excitedly. She remembered Marina's black dog helping her realize her own powers. Poe piped up. You got it. Among other things, think of me like the world's most powerful emotional support animal. When the girls asked how long Sadie had been a witch, she felt ashamed to admit only a few days. But she perked up when Riley and Gia said the same. It felt reassuring that they'd all be learning together, even though it seemed the other two had already found different skills. Riley was more hesitant. Did you hear what Marina said? Be patient and trust the process. It just freaks me out that she won't tell us more. I mean, what do we really know about her, or CVN for that matter? 
This could be some kind of freaky cult. Oh, it's not a cult, said Gia, rocking Luna in her arms. It's a coven. Totally different. Exactly, said Sadie. She didn't know why exactly, but she wanted to trust Marina. The witch had helped her escape her father's control. Let's just give it a chance. We might never get another chance like this to learn about our powers. Gia shrugged. Hey, I don't care if she turns me into a newt. I just flew here, through the air, on a freaking broomstick. I want to learn what else we can do. Riley looked up as a gong sounded from inside the main building, signaling the retreat was about to begin. Riley, Sadie, and Gia filed in to find the other witches sitting down on three meditation pillows. The girls had just claimed three pillows together in the back when a woman with long dreadlocks scurried over to them. She identified herself as one of Marina's assistants. During the retreat, all familiars and children must go to the daycare yurt, she explained, pointing at Luna. The baby flew out of Gia's arms, hovering above them. Not to worry, the dreadlocked woman said. We have excellent nursery witches here, and I'm sure your familiar will enjoy our selection of squeak toys. Riley and Gia both began to protest, but Sadie cut them off. Guys, I know it seems scary, but she's right, isn't she? You won't learn anything if you're playing peekaboo with Poe and Luna the whole class. Riley knew Sadie was right, but something about her got under Riley's skin, like how they just met and Sadie was already telling her what to do. She was just a kid. She reminded Riley so much of Lauren, the bossy assistant at her job, always underestimating her, always thinking Riley couldn't handle it. Squeak toys, you say? Poe said, cutting off Riley's train of thought. He may have been a demon, but Riley knew he had a soft spot for his own squeaking duck. He turned to her. If you need me, just touch your mark to summon me. Riley, it'll be fine. Luna burbled happily, seemingly agreeing with Poe. The woman walked away, Luna trailing in the air behind her and Poe trotting below. Riley could feel her anxiety spiking as Marina's disembodied voice echoed around the room. Welcome, sisters she said. She knew the others were excited, but to be honest, this felt more like a haunted house than a holistic witch retreat. On a platform at the center of the room, a clump of strange white mist floated above the ground. Suddenly, the mist started to swirl, forming a miniature vortex. The candles near it flickered before being snuffed out. The witches' gasps of surprise turned to cheers when Marina stepped out of the cyclone every hair still perfectly in place. Thank you all for joining us for CVN Industries Witches Sabbath. This is the night where we gather to share magic together and celebrate our founder, Lucian Prince. But we're not just here to let our hair down. We're also here to grow our powers, witches. I've arranged a friendly challenge with an incredible prize. Whichever young witch proves herself will have the honor of a private conference with Mr. Prince himself. The crowd gasped. Riley shot a quizzical look at Sadie and Gia, who both shrugged in response. They hadn't heard of this Lucian Prince either. Marina continued. Tonight, you will face a series of activities. They will test your intelligence, your skill, and your power as a witch. But remember, 
This isn't every woman for herself. The best witch is the one who can lead her sisters. All right, Witch Olympics, said Gia, rubbing her hands together eagerly. Do you think there'll be broomstick races? Sadie said she couldn't wait to get started, and Riley privately agreed. She'd felt Sadie and Gia sizing her up from the moment they met. This competition was the perfect opportunity to show them what she was made of. And if she got to meet this mysterious founder too, well, it would give her a chance to ask him just what the hex was going on here. For the first activity, the trio entered one of the small satellite yurts and found a series of small altars, each with a cup and a small, twisted root. It looked like a little doll with gnarled arms and legs. Before you is a fresh mandrake root, Marina said from the front of the room. When properly made, essence of mandrake will fortify your magic and awaken your power. The task is simple. Brew a mandrake potion and drink it. The girls looked down and realized what Marina had not mentioned. There was no water on the table. Still, it wasn't long before Gia had a steaming potion in her cup. When Riley asked her how she'd done it, Sadie butted in. See how there's condensation outside the tent? Focus your emotions on just one drop. Everything, anger, frustration, excitement, Throw it into getting that water into the cup. Riley tried it. She folded all of her anxiety over being at the retreat and losing Poe into that single drop of water. When she opened her eyes, she shrieked with joy and held a steaming hot potion. She took a long gulp and immediately spat it out. It was awful, the flavor of mud and fish and moldy vegetables. She heard a shriek of laughter and looked over to see Sadie doubled over, giggling. Riley's jaw tightened, eyes flashing with anger. If Sadie was going to try to make a fool out of her, she had another thing coming. As they moved on to the next event, Gia could sense the mounting tension between Sadie and Riley. She just hoped they'd leave her out of it. The retreat had been incredible so far, and the last thing she wanted was someone ruining her good vibes. The witches filed into a new tent. Each one stood in front of a trough filled with water. Marina explained, We are at our strongest when we resonate at the same frequency as magic does. Your job is to attain that state using the power of sound. Then you must still this pond using only your powers. You mean like a sound bath? Gia asked excitedly. Marina frowned. Not exactly. Gia, I want you to put aside your previous conceptions. Let go and open your mind. You are stepping into a new world, a world of magic. Gia shut her eyes as a wave of sound washed over the assembled witches. She grinned to herself. Marina could get stuffed. This was totally a sound bath. Except it was way way more intense than Gia had expected. She placed both hands on the ground, concentrating on the vibrations pulsing around her. She could feel it flowing through her body, causing each individual atom to vibrate at the same rate. Gia urged the waves of vibration forward towards the rippling trough. Before her eyes, the waves stilled, leaving the water as smooth as glass. She'd done it. Gia whooped with delight, 
and the water surged out of the trough, splashing her right in the face. Riley and Sadie stared at her as she fell to the ground, rolling with hysterical laughter. She didn't care that she was soaked from head to toe. Magic was incredible, and she was never, ever going back. Sadie noticed the crowd was growing thin after the sound challenge. Some of the witches couldn't still their water, and Marina had tapped them to watch from the sidelines. Marina led the remaining witches into a long, low lodge with a furnace of red coals. This time, she told them it would be a test of endurance. You all will take part in a full-body ritual conjuration. When you transcend your physical limitations, you will unlock unbelievable depths of magic. A strange rhythmic music rose around them, though there were no speakers in sight. Sadie watched as Gia lifted off the ground, eyes closed and gesticulating wildly. Soon enough, most of them were hovering near the ceiling, throwing their whole bodies into the movement. Sadie was starting to feel a strange, trance-like condition come over her when someone kicked her in the back. She turned to see Riley floating next to her. Watch it! I know you're on your rum, Springer, but you're in my space, Riley hissed. Sadie was about to snap back at Riley when it happened. The heat had become stifling inside the lodge. Sadie watched as a witch with green hair went limp and started spinning wildly out of control, hurtling right towards Riley. Just before they collided, Sadie shoved Riley out of the path of the falling witch. All three women went crashing to the ground. That's it. You want to fight? You got it, Riley shouted, jumping to her feet. A wave of electricity snaked from her fingers, surging towards Sadie. Sadie reacted instinctively. Intense heat rushed from the red-hot coals. When the two energies met, a shockwave spread across the room. Every witch fell to the ground. Sadie struggled to her feet. What's the matter with you? She snapped. If you paid attention to something besides yourself, you'd know I just saved you from being taken out and you go all electricity witch on me? Who even are you? Riley opened her mouth to reply, but the witches were all getting to their feet and staring at her now. She turned and stomped out of the yurt. Coming up, a new challenger appears. Hello, I'm Hannah Maguire. And I'm Saruti Bala. And we're the hosts of the new Spotify original from Parcast, Sinister Societies. You may know us from the very creepy and excellent podcast Red Handed, but now we've teamed up with Parcast for an unprecedented look at history's most nefarious groups. Some preach extreme religious practices, others warn of impending doom. And then there are those whose endgame is far more diabolical. Every Tuesday on Sinister Societies, we take a peek behind the curtain and discover the most ominous organizations the world may or may not have known. Learn how entrepreneurial sects made fortunes off their brand, how charismatic cult leaders caught the eye of celebrities, and why strange orders of the extraterrestrial or collegiate kind attract the most unlikely of followers. Some groups convene in the shadows. Others operate in plain sight, all are absolutely sinister. Follow Sinister Societies free and only on Spotify. Now, back to the story. Sadie had gone deep into the woods to clear her head. 
She knew she was overreacting, that this whole back and forth with Riley had gotten out of control. She looked to the sky when she heard helicopter blades overhead. They grew louder as Marina's voice echoed from the retreat, asking all guests to gather at the main building. She emerged from the trees just in time to see a sleek red helicopter touch down in the clearing. The door opened and a tall, thin man in a perfectly tailored suit emerged from the chopper. Inside the main building, Marina led the strange man on stage. She said, Everyone, please welcome the founder of CVN Industries, Mr. Lucian Prince. Lucian smiled again, sending a shiver up Sadie's spine. Something about him seemed familiar. He addressed the crowd. Marina has ensured me you've all shown the strength and resilience of powerful sorceresses. But friends, think hard before you begin the last two activities. Not everyone is going to make it. Sadie frowned. What did that mean? Weren't these supposed to be training exercises? She was relieved when Lucian laughed and clarified. <laughs> Not Everyone is going to get a private conference with me, that is. As much as I'd love to spend time with all of you, there just isn't time. So dig deep and show me what you're made of. Show me something magical. The crowd erupted into applause. Sadie spotted Riley a few witches away, clapping along with the rest, a determined look in her eyes. Sadie's jaw tightened. If it was magic they wanted she'd give it to them. The next round brought them back into the sweat lodge. Their numbers had dwindled. Sadie counted only 10 witches participating. Marina went from witch to witch, offering them a small purple vial. Gia gasped. Finally, she said. You two better hold on. If this is anything like the green potion, we're in for a wild ride. Fear rose in Sadie as Marina handed her the vial. She'd never done drugs before. What if she lost control? She could hear her father now, telling her she was a sinful junkie. But this wasn't home. Her father wasn't here. She had full control. She lifted the vial to her lips and swallowed. Meanwhile, Gia had already downed her potion. Whatever the drug was, it worked quickly. The room brightened as Gia's eyes dilated. The shadows on the walls danced wildly, and she was sure something with glowing eyes and writhing limbs hid within them. Suddenly, it was inches from Gia's face, its features warping in the candlelight. Gia? Gia! It said. What are you doing here? Gia recoiled in fear as the shadow twisted into a new form. Now, Gia's mother looked back at her. The thing continued. A useless druggie. Such a disappointment to the family. You had to flee to a new country. Gia hung her head in shame, eyes brimming with tears. Across the tent, Riley's own potion was kicking in. The shadows twisted and bent over, landing on all fours. It had morphed into a yellow lab. But something was wrong. Its limbs bent at odd angles, and patches of dried blood matted its fur. Riley gasped. It couldn't be. Puddles? Sure enough, the vision had twisted into her childhood dog just as he looked the last time she saw him, a wet, splattered heap of roadkill. 
Still, that didn't stop Puddles from craning his neck to look at her. Riley, you forgot about me, Puddles moaned. You let me get run over, and then you just went and got a new dog? You don't love me. I do love you, Riley insisted. I'm sorry. But Puddles' whines became more insistent. You failed me just like you fail at everything. You and I both know you're fooling yourself here. You can't be a witch. You're just a small, stupid, anxious little girl who can't even keep a dog alive. Riley crumbled. He was right. Who was she kidding? Sadie watched Riley and Gia from across the tent. She could tell the potion was getting to them. Gia stared at the ground and wrapped her arms tightly around herself. Riley was even worse, her shoulders shuddering as she held her head in her hands. Sadie groaned and doubled over as a wave of nausea hit her. The potion was starting to take effect. When she looked up, she was face to face with her father. Sadie, you ungrateful, sinful creature, he growled. From the day you were born, I knew you were nothing but a cheap harlot. The words stung, but Sadie kept her face emotionless as she met her father's gaze. She walked away from this man mere days ago. He didn't get to have any hold over her anymore. As if sensing her resolve, the figure before her changed. Her father's features twisted and squirmed as he shrank. Sadie gasped as her little sister Cecilia appeared before her. She looked up at Sadie with big brown eyes, eyes that shone with betrayal. Sadie, why did you leave me behind? Before Sadie could fall to pieces, a shout tore her attention away from C. She turned to see that a young witch with a long blonde braid had collapsed and was now seizing on the floor. Foamy spittle streamed down her chin. Marina rushed over, shouting that the activity was over. An instant later, Sadie, Riley, and Gia were being ushered out of the tent by Marina's assistants. The mood was sour as the girls walked back to the main meadow. I didn't like that, Gia said suddenly. This place is seriously wigging me out, and the way they rushed that girl out? What if there's something seriously wrong with her? Maybe Riley was right about Marina. Maybe we should ditch this whole thing. Sadie felt shaken too. But the thought of leaving with so much still to learn frustrated her. Don't you guys want to learn about your powers? If we leave now, we might never know what we're capable of. We just need to trust Marina, and I'm sure it will work out. Gia, that girl probably just had a bad trip. That happens sometimes, right? After a moment, Gia hesitantly nodded. Sadie continued. Look, if you guys both think we should leave, I'll leave too. Riley, what do you think we should do? Riley glared at Sadie, obviously still mad about the incident in the sweat lodge. She said, You two can do whatever you want for all I care, but Poe and I aren't leaving until we win this thing. In the center of the meadow, there was now a long, rectangular pool of water. Sadie looked around. It was just her, Gia, and Riley left. Marina addressed the gathered witches. In centuries past, men came up with a brutal test, set a woman adrift in deep water. If she drowns, this proves her innocence. 
she's now just a regular dead woman. But if she floats, you must hang her as a witch. Tonight, I put before you the same challenge. The first to walk across this pool atop the water will have Lucian Prince's ear and may ask for anything they desire. Sadie's eyes widened. Anything she desired? After what she'd seen over the last few hours, she didn't doubt that it was possible. Her thoughts raced. With Lucian's help, she could get C free from her father. And then, maybe they could get their own place together in the city, miles away from Andover, where their father's judgmental eyes could never find them. Now, Sadie needed to win. When Marina yelled go, Sadie took a shaky step forward, carefully placing her foot onto the surface of the water. It held. She took a step, then another. It took every ounce of her concentration. She knew the second she lost it, the surface tension would break and she'd fall through. Sadie concentrated and took off running, cheering inside as each footstep landed firmly on the surface. As she passed Gia, she heard her scream, I am not a disappointment, before splashing into the water. Riley was catching up, but Sadie was so close to the end, she just had to make it a few more steps. Behind her, Riley shouted for Poe. The little dog came running up to the pool. He launched himself at Sadie, making her fall backwards. For a moment, the surface held, but then it broke, and Sadie plunged into the cold depths below. When Sadie came up to the surface, she saw Riley stepping off the pool. Sadie groaned in frustration, sending waves of water splashing over the side of the pool. Marina turned to the crowd and announced that the winner was Riley. Sisters, come back in an hour and we'll celebrate. At the stroke of midnight, the witch's Sabbath will begin. Gia helped Sadie out of the pool. She'd recovered from her drug trip, though there was still a terrified look in her eyes. Have you seen Luna? She asked. I can't find her anywhere. Sadie's heart raced. She was horrified. First the girl seizing, and now this? Maybe Gia was right. Maybe she'd been too quick to trust the retreat. What did she really know about Marina or CVN? Riley appeared behind her, cheeks flushed with excitement. When Gia and Sadie told her about Luna, it barely phased her. She said, Oh, I get it. I won, so naturally now is when you think something's wrong. Sadie, you're just angry you lost. I'm sure Luna's safe in the daycare tent. Sadie couldn't believe it. Any trepidation Riley had before seemed erased in the aftermath of her victory. She rounded on Riley. You know this isn't about you. And this act is getting really old. We're supposed to be helping each other. Before Riley could stop herself, that word vomit spilled out of her. I didn't see you drop out of the competition. You wanted to win just as much as me. You're just a hypocritical bumpkin who can't stand anyone else being in charge. Enough! Gia shouted. What is wrong with you two? My baby is missing and you petty witches are still arguing. You know what? Luna and I are better off how we've always been. On our own. Gia turned 
and stormed off. Sadie and Riley looked guiltily at each other. They were letting it get out of hand. Riley volunteered to check the meadow while Sadie went off to double-check the nursery. As Sadie approached the main building, she overheard arguing coming from a small tent nearby. We can't, Lucian, Marina was saying. The old ways belong in the past. Besides, poor Gia would be devastated. Sadie peered through a slit in the tent's fabric. She had to stifle a gasp. Luna was asleep in Marina's arms. Lucian took the baby and held her aloft. Gia will rest easy knowing she has served her master. Sadie's eyes widened as she noticed Lucian's reflection in the mirror behind him. It showed a man with a red face and shaggy legs ending in hooves. Thick, twisted horns sprouted from his forehead. A fiery crown burned atop his head. Growing up, Sadie had always been taught that the devil lurked in the darkest corners of her basest urges, in dirty books and Halloween costumes. But none of it had prepared her to come face to face with Satan himself. She stared, taking in the cloven hooves and a small, white, eye-shaped brand on the beast's ankle. The strangest thing was that Sadie sensed he was familiar to her somehow, but before she could remember where she'd seen him before, a loud gong sounded from the central building. It was too late for Sadie to do anything. The Sabbath was beginning. In the meadow, the witches danced in their white robes around a large central bonfire. When Sadie found Gia and told her Luna was in danger, she immediately snapped out of her funk. Lucian's literally the devil? Gia asked. I thought that guy had a bad vibe, but what do we do? Sadie thought for a moment. We need Riley. She's going to talk to Lucian one-on-one, -on -one, remember? If anyone can get Luna back, it's her. Just then, the girls spotted Riley entering the clearing with Marina and Lucian heading for an altar next to the bonfire. As Riley neared the bonfire, she felt her old anxiety melting away. She had won. She had shown everyone what she was made of. She wasn't weak or incompetent or a failure. She was a witch. But her newfound confidence was shaken when Sadie yelled her name. They've got Luna! They're going to hurt her! Riley, you need to do something! Lucian reached the altar and turned to Riley. This is no time for doubt. He gestured to the altar and Riley's eyes went wide. Luna was lying on the altar top beside a slender obsidian dagger. A powerful rumble of thunder crashed through the air. Lucian took the dagger from the altar and placed it in Riley's hand. You are amazing, Riley, he told her. I could have chosen any of the women here for this, but I chose you because you alone are magnificent. You alone are truly magical. You can have the world, Riley. All you need to do is take it. As Riley looked down at the dagger, she heard the shouts of Sadie and Gia fighting through the crowd of witches. Don't do it, Riley! This isn't you! Sadie yelled. Riley looked from Lucian to Sadie to Gia and finally to Luna. Her grip tightened on the knife's handle as she made up her mind. She turned to Lucian 
and said, Now, Poe! A blur of yellow fur came hurtling out of the crowd and landed on Lucian's face. It was Poe, only he was no longer the sweet little chihuahua. Riley caught a glimpse of sharp fangs, stubby green horns, and wickedly long claws. He sank his teeth into the Dark Lord's cheek and held on for dear life. Duck! shouted a voice from above. Riley did, just as a sudden gust of air whooshed past her face. Gia had taken to the air, riding a broomstick pilfered from a supply closet. She scooped Luna up from the altar and zoomed away toward the edge of the field. Stop her! Lucian screamed, tearing Poe off his face and hurling him away. The familiar hit the floor with a sickening crunch and rolled over, now a limp chihuahua once more. Tears sprang to Riley's eyes, but there was no time to check on her familiar. As Lucian felt his bleeding face, Riley raised the obsidian knife high and plunged it into his chest. With a stunned expression, Lucian looked from the knife to Riley. Then he backhanded her with such force it sent her hurtling away into the crowd. Sadie screamed as Riley hit the ground and crumpled. Lucian laughed, pulling the knife from his chest and tossing it aside. Then he marched straight through the altar, sending splintered wood and chunks of stone flying. Witches shrieked and started running for the trees. Lucian ignored them, stalking towards Riley's crumpled body. The seams of his suit burst, revealing furry legs ending in cloven hooves. His skin burned away, exposing raw, glistening red underneath. Huge, twisted horns sprouted from his forehead. He looked now just as he had in the mirror. The Devil Incarnate. Poor, pitiful Riley. Couldn't even kill someone properly. <laughs> he chuckled. Let me show you how it's done. A burst of energy hit Lucian square in the jaw, sending him staggering. In an instant, Sadie was in his path, conjuring a fresh orb of heat from the humid summer air. There was a whoosh of air as Gia touched down beside her. She raised her own hands and thick vines of grass sprang out of the earth, wrapping around Lucian's hooved feet. He snarled and started to pull free of the vines. I am the Prince of Darkness, the Lord of Hell. Two witches are nothing against me. How about three witches? said Riley. She was on her feet, standing beside Sadie, arms sparking with electric power. She raised her fists and shot a beam of electricity right into the devil's chest. He roared and sent a shockwave right back at them. Sadie, Gia, and Riley staggered backward. You fools! snarled Lucian. He pointed at Gia and she fell to her knees, screaming. At the same time, Lucian's face shifted as he transformed into a handsome young man in a puffer jacket. Gia's drug dealer, Trent. I was the one who made you. He pointed at Riley and she fell to the ground, writhing. The boy in the puffer jacket suddenly became a kindly old man in a tweed suit, the strange man Riley ran into the same morning she met Poe. I found you. I chose you, gave you your powers. You're nothing without me. He pointed at Sadie and she doubled over in agony. Through the lashing waves of pain, she saw the devil transform into Luke, her first love. 
the boy who gave her the witch's mark. The handsome, lovely, perfect boy with a mysterious eye tattoo on his ankle. Sadie shut her eyes, remembering the tattoo. This wasn't a trick. Luke had been the devil all along. He'd visited her, Riley, and Gia in different disguises and given them all their marks. The only reason she had powers was because of him. She didn't care. Sadie screamed in primal rage. The ground beneath her buckled as long, powerful tree roots burst from the earth. They wrapped around Lucian, immobilizing him. Riley! Gia! She shouted. Focus every ounce of what you're feeling on Lucian! Gia pushed to her feet, extended her hand, and her broomstick was there in an instant. She took off and circled over Lucian, flying faster and faster. She whipped up a wind that soon became a cyclone, catching Lucian in the center. To Sadie's left, Riley straightened, eyes sparking with energy. A storm cloud gathered above her. As she screamed, a bolt of lightning shot out of the cloud and hit Lucian, striking him directly in the center of his tattooed eye. Cracks appeared on Lucian's skin, glowing red from underneath. As the trio watched, the fissures spread until finally, Lucian crumbled into dust. The girls stood there for a moment, not sure what to say or do. Poe broke the silence. You did it, Riley, he said, limping over. Riley gasped and scooped him up into her arms, squeezing him tight. Then she turned back to Sadie and Gia. So, did you guys know that Lucian was the devil? Oh yeah, did we not tell you that? Said Gia. I thought we told you, Sadie frowned. Hold on, so when you stabbed him, you thought he was just a guy? Riley shrugged. A creepy guy who stole Gia's baby. Speaking of which, where is Luna? Gia explained that she'd left him with one of the other witches who had run for safety. But do you think Lucian's really gone? Sadie asked. At that, Marina stepped forward from where she had been hiding behind the broken altar. The girls instantly went on the attack. The roots lifted once more into the air. Gia hopped aboard her broom and lightning crackled in Riley's hands. Marina said, No, but when he comes back, You'll be ready for him. I sensed that you three had the power to defeat him when we met. That's why I brought you here. Riley's mouth fell open. You wanted us to fight Satan? Why? Marina explained. To free CVN once and for all. We made that deal with him ages ago and the terms were honestly ridiculous. If he refuses to renegotiate, then I don't feel one bit guilty breaking contract. Besides, it's about time witches were in charge of our own fate. Now, if they'll come with me, we can really get started. With what? The girls asked in unison. Marina smiled. Your education. Of all the superstitions and suspicions about accused witches, perhaps the most dangerous was the witches' sabbath. The accusation was that on certain nights, witches would gather together in the woods to commit dark deeds. 
Chief among these were conjuring famines or pestilence, celebrating Satan, or even sacrificing children and babies to work magic. Often, the Dark Lord himself was said to attend these witches' sabbaths, where he'd affirm the witches' loyalty to him. The witches' sabbath became an icon. It popped up in witch-hunting guides like the infamous Malleus Maleficarum, or the Witch's Hammer, published in 1487. It became a motif in art, which you might recognize from Francisco Goya's pieces. It was also a complete fabrication. There has never been any evidence that witches gathered in the woods to worship Satan. Tales of these Sabbaths came from two sources. Firstly, clergy members warning about the dangers of witchcraft, and second, from accused witches themselves. Most examinations accused witches underwent were actually forms of torture. Endless questioning, sticking with pins, starving, and beatings were all popular in witch trials across the Western world. Researchers today think that the witches who admitted to taking part in Sabbaths only did so to give their interrogators the answer they wanted to hear and to stop the torture. The witches' Sabbath wasn't a ritual. It was a tool used by local governments to persecute women. In the Middle Ages, and even into Puritan America, authorities were always suspicious of elements they couldn't control. And women meeting and exchanging ideas could eventually pose a danger to the patriarchal structure of these societies. So the witches' Sabbath became a piece of propaganda and a means of persecution. Declare anything an evil gathering, and you can shut it down. But it's a testament to the power of the witch that after hundreds of years and thousands of executions, she still lives on. Well, if you believe in that sort of thing, then again, it could all just be a bit of hocus pocus. Thank you all for coming tonight. You all responded to my call because you know the truth. Magic is real. It's evil, and it's stealing our sisters and daughters. Dr. Palmer paused as he stood at the pulpit in the darkened Andover church. He adjusted the thin tube feeding oxygen into what was left of his melted nose. He took a deep, wheezing breath, then continued. It's up to us to stamp out this devilry before it corrupts our world. We must cut out this evil cancer by any means necessary. So, who's with me? He looked out at the group in the pews. Lauren Marks, an assistant who'd lost her job to dark magic. Tracy Walton, whose baby had been stolen by a thieving witch. And Josiah White, whose very daughter had burned Dr. Palmer beyond recognition. All of them stood, their arms raised in agreement. Dr. Palmer smiled. It had been such a long time since the last American witch hunt. Soon, these witches would burn. 
thanks again for listening to Superstitions. We'll be back Wednesday with a new episode. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to check out the entire Season of the Witch special with new episodes released every week this month. For more, follow Haunted Places and Tales on Spotify. You can find more episodes of Superstitions and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free exclusively on Spotify. Until next time, be wary of the things you cannot explain. Superstitions is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Nick Johnson, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Travis Clark. This episode of Superstitions was written by Molly Quinlan, with writing assistance by Andrew Kelleher and Greg Castro, fact-checking by Anya Bailey, and research by Brian Petrus. I'm Alastair Murden. You aren't supposed to know about them, unless they want you to. Powerful groups with their own very specific agendas. And if you find yourself on the inside, good luck getting out. Hi, I'm Hannah Maguire. And I'm Saruti Bala. Join us every Tuesday for our new Spotify original from Parcast, Sinister Societies. Whether it's doomsday predictions, deadly greed or world domination, each week we're exposing the beliefs and actions of the most ominous organisations the world may or may not have known. Follow Sinister Societies free and only on Spotify.